Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show, The Big Show. My name is Matt. And I'm Ben. And uh, that's our super producer, Noel, behind the, behind the boards or the keys. Yeah, we're just going to point to him. He's right over there. So if you have a very specific form of probably non-existent synesthesia, you can feel our fingers moving. And it probably, you know, feels the way lavender smells or something. I don't know. Yeah, it feels feels very, very nice, I'm assuming. So it's interesting that our segue or our, our banter at the top of this episode concerns uh, sensation, right? Uh, because that is one of the abiding universal characteristics of life it's the ability to sense something right from your outside environment and then in some way to respond to it mm-hmm. but when we when we think about what life actually is oh and spoiler alert i i forgot matt what's the name of uh this this episode the search for extraterrestrial life so life not on planet earth yes and also uh 
you know, bonus points to us as a species if we find someone intelligent until yes. they wipe us out. <laughs> yes. So anyway, we're talking about we're talking about this search for life somewhere out there in uh, the darkness of space. And one thing that we have to do before we even address the idea of looking for life is define it. Right. What what exactly yeah. is this whole life shtick? Well, life life is the it's the thing or the condition that separates, uh, you know, plants from inorganic material and animals from inorganic material. So kind of like what you said, Ben, the uh, the ability to sense the outside world, to take in stimuli. So uh, that it also includes the uh, the ability to grow, the capacity for growth. Okay, yeah. Uh, and reproduction, you have to be able to make copies of yourself. Um, you have to have some kind of functional activity, uh, either whether that's movement Mm-hmm. Or I don't know, it's really slow rate of growth. Yes. Right? Okay. Uh, and there's also one other thing: the continual change mm-hmm. until death. Although that's not necessarily true, because yeah. we've seen some of the animals we've talked about and some of the immortality stuff. Oh there's, yeah, like Nutricula turtopsis. The yes. uh, isn't that the jellyfish that ages yes. and then turns into a child? So essentially, again? just going through entropy. Yeah. Okay. I see. I thought I like the way you say that last part better going through entropy. And we know there are different types of life. Um, well, there are different types of hypothetical yes. life. So we are carbon based life forms. You listening to this right now is an overwhelming probability that you are also a carbon based life form unless extraterrestrials or, uh, artificially intelligent programs have reached a level of which we are unaware or unless we're all just holograms inside some huge matrix right yeah inside the dream of uh some gigantic turtle and in that sense the carbon and this just bits of data yeah just a, a firing synapse uh synapse rather uh so we know that there are theoretical forms of biology that could exist other life forms uh it's possible that carbon might not be the only creature in the game silicon based life forms ammonia methane hydrogen fluoride and and so on right and this concept of non carbon life does a very important thing theoretically it opens the door it widens the spectrum for xenobiologists and sci-fi fans and so on to look at a wider range of possible homes for alien life right exactly um so now you can look yeah. at you can look at a planet that isn't that there isn't a lot of water on the planet. Great, there yeah. isn't a lot of carbon, but there might be uh, a bunch of silica, a bunch of ammonia. There you go. And May, there might yeah. be bad uh, methane lakes, meth- methane pools all over the planet. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's go check those out. Yeah, I and I think that's I think that's a fascinating thing. I want to go back to types of life toward the end of this for something that's complete speculation. But one thing that we learn in our continual search for extraterrestrial life is that we still have a lot to learn about terrestrial life. There's still a lot we don't know, like, for instance, what is the most common life form? Well, can I guess? Yeah, I guess for yeah. I, I would guess some type of bacteria, bacterium. Yeah, I would have too. And, uh, the, it's, it's interesting because there's a great article, I think it was in Smithsonian that tells us that a, okay, here we go. It's my first mispronunciation of the <laughs> episode. Uh, 
Pelagibacter ubique, which sounds sort of like some Eastern European shoe store. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, single-celled organism is usually cited as the most common organism in the world. It's it's the statistically, if you were rolling the dice to become an organism, the odds are that you would become this one. Wow, that's crazy to think about. Yeah, but um, that might not be the case because it turns out there's something that eats pea unique. Okay, that is also widespread, just all over the place. Yep. Numerous. Yep. It's a virus. Oh, wow. Okay. So here's the thing. This this virus, uh, P-Unique has four different viruses that parasitize it or, you know, prey on it. Mm-hmm. And one of those, which has the incredibly um, unmemorable name of HTVCO1OP, is uh, the most common of those viruses. Okay. And so if we consider a virus to be a living thing – then it turns out that our boy HTV is uh, the world's most common life form. But therein lies the debate, right? Because yeah, is a, a virus. virus alive? Is it, well, it, does it meet all of the different criteria? Well, it, mm-hmm. it definitely meets the reproduction, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, it has functional activity, I would, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. I don't. Again, I don't know how that is it necessarily does, defined. But yeah, functional activity is a little bit. I don't know. A little, little bit softball, right? What about capacity for growth? Mm, well, it can change. It can because re- reproduction and growth is very different. Yeah, if we differentiate those, I uh, will have to talk to someone, Ben. Well, because oh, the thing is that a virus for people who don't think a virus counts as life, a virus has to use the metabolic process of its host in order to grow and reproduce. There you go. Okay. So it's, you know, a virus is inherently a parasite. Um, so this means that they, they may not actually be life or they're somewhere between life, you know, mm-hmm. um, their third category. Right. Yeah. And there's some weird, maybe there's some weird spectrum of life to not mm-hmm. life. Uh, but okay. So we know that our, world is teeming with life yes it's everywhere ants i, I was gonna just start naming off animals go for it yeah <laughs> but there's just a ton of it yeah a ton of it everywhere we're, we're doing it everywhere yes <laughs> on on planes but we're, we're yeah. doing a great job of uh <laughs> kind of getting rid of it thinning the herd of life right humans are right yeah we're we're getting rid of a lot of the higher order animals for sure mm-hmm. there are more uh tigers in captivity i think in texas than there are in the wild great or in the united states um which may be a podcast for a different day but if if there are so many different types of life that we know of and the most common life is still debatably life in, mm-hmm. on, on our planet, then um, the question is, why haven't we found anything else? Well, uh, it's a, a very simple answer. The universe is f- huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. Yeah. Okay. The, I, I mean, come on. The universe is all, if we're going to talk about definitions, the universe is every single, uh, just all of the matter. All of the energy, all of it, 
Yeah. That exists. That is the universe. That's a lot of stuff. And, you know, if you think about just the pale blue dot, that image, or, you know, some of the things that Carl Sagan talked about, right. just how insignificant our tiny little planet is, and even how small our sun is in comparison to other stars, mm-hmm. you just realize that we have this massive amount of life just on this tiny little speck of dust. You just know that there there has to be something else out there somewhere. You know, I think of it sometimes where uh have you ever seen an animal in a weird place like you're in a grocery store and yes. you see a bird and you think, how'd that bird get here? I've seen a little blue-tailed lizard uh at a gym one time uh-huh. and I was just going, what? What are you doing in here? Yeah. Getting a workout or something. Uh, and trying to take them outside or somewhere where they belong. I wonder, uh, the comparison to Pale Blue Dot makes me think of that. But if if we were to talk numbers about the size of the known universe, it's so big that we do not have the technology to figure out how big it is, right? Yeah, so, we can read it to a certain extent, but that's just yeah. as far as our technology has gotten us yet. Right, yeah, we can see um, the the part that we can detect extends in all directions for about 10 billion light years Based on these observations, experts believe the universe is between 10 and maybe 20 billion years old. Uh, and the Earth is relatively, relatively a rookie in the game, being only four and a half billion years old. Yeah. And life didn't originate on Earth for a long time after it was created. Right. Yeah. We're still figuring that part out too. Uh, so we've got these people called cosmologists, study cosmology, the study of the, just the whole universe, which yep. sounds like a pretty ambitious degree, right? <laughs> and, uh, according to some of these folks, uh, the universe has no limits in space or time. Um, galaxies seem to be traveling away from Earth and each other at ever increasing speeds providing the basis for the concept that the entire universe, as well as the part we know about, is just expanding, just going bigger and, just and bigger. goes and bigger. out. Yep. Uh, and, you know, that's that's really cool. It's a little bit of a lonely place to think about, right? But uh, And by the way, if, if you want to know more about this, this kind of stuff, cosmology, I highly recommend you check out Cosmos if you're not already watching it on uh, National Geographic and uh, Fox. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. You know what? I'm glad you mentioned Cosmos. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson had another show before that that was also good. Nova. And you and I are also pretty big fans of uh, various science shows. And these science shows, inevitably, if they touch on space, they have to tackle some of the big questions, which are first, there's um, there's this huge paradox, right? Life on Earth is Everywhere, some forms of life that maybe don't even seem like good ideas are mm-hmm. still around. And then we have the universe, the biggest empty room in reality. Now, of course, it's not empty, right? Just we, mostly. We know there has to be something. So it appears that the problem with finding alien life, which we've talked about on this podcast before, is that the gap in space isn't even as worrisome as the gap in time, right? Absolutely. And as we know, they are interconnected. Mm. Uh, so, so people, people have kind of pondered some of these things, even before they really understood what the universe 
was, what it was made of, what the galaxies were, right. uh, you know, even what rotated, what orbited around what. Uh, people have been looking up and thinking, oh, man, what the heck is going on up there? And, you know, we come up with stories about the heavens and and mm-hmm. beings that live up in those stars. Sure, yeah. Um, and so so there's been this constant search, at least internally, right. for what the heck is going on up there. And uh, in 1959, this thing called SETI came around, the, which is the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. And, uh, and in that year, 1959, uh, Cornell physicist, uh, Giuseppe, uh, Cocconi, I, I don't think Cossoni, I'm, Cocconi, uh, and, uh, Philip Morrison, they published this article in Nature, which is, uh, isn't that, uh, a journal? And they pointed out that, that the potential for using microwave radio, uh, w- they could use that to communicate or at least send signals. Mm-hmm. outward and then also possibly receive signals that were coming in towards earth right and this was a uh this was a a very interesting finding um before we go a little bit further let me go ahead and establish some of the other things here there's the thing called the fermi paradox we need to know about okay if life exists why haven't we found it we not you and i talked about that with the time and space and then um there's something else we'll explore called the Drake Equation. Yes. And let's introduce that guy now. Uh, turns out in the 60s, he is a young radio astronomer, which was a thing even back then. He had come to the same idea about microwave radio, and he conducted the first microwave radio search for signals from other solar systems in 1960, in uh, spring, I believe. So here's what he did. For two months, he aimed a... Uh, antenna in West Virginia in the direction of two nearby stars that he thought were kind of like our sun. He tuned his receiver to what uh, he called the magic frequency, which we talked about in our video mm-hmm. series, right, Matt? Uh, so what what's the magic frequency? Well, it is the 21 centimeter line or the 1,420 megahertz. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's what your, uh, that's the signal. Yeah. That's the frequency of the signal. Yeah. It's a neutral hydrogen. And this turns out to be a spot on the radio dial that Cosoni or Cocconi and Morrison also believed had significance. Um, Drake's two months searching the skies for life um, did garner a response and got some interest, but not not from the intelligent life he was looking for yeah. instead of aliens. It was terrestrial. Uh, it came from the Soviets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the 1960s, uh, the Soviet Union pretty much held sway over the SETI project. And, uh, it frequently just, it would adopt all these bold strategies. And rather than searching like, uh, nearby stars, the Soviets, they just basically set up these almost omnidirectional antenna and they would observe just these wide swaths of the sky. And they would just kind of count on the existence of at least a few advanced civilizations somewhere out there in this, you know, the scope that they're looking through. Um, and they would they just assume that one or more of them would be radiating some kind of uh, transmission power from uh-huh. their planet or from whatever it is that they inhabit. Yeah. And, and you know, probably be communist, too. Right. That was <laughs> just, it, we're making assumptions. Uh, yeah. They sort would of be like uh, hive mindish. Yeah, sort of like the um the Soviet search for Shambhala when they were, when they said, well, clearly 
this mystery religion and city is real, they're going to be communists. <laughs> uh, so what I hope is coming out here in, in this part of the show is that SETI itself, while there is a SETI institute, while there are SETI projects, there's, um, it's much less centralized than you might think. SETI is just an acronym. It's a that, pursuit. Right. That search for extraterrestrial intelligence. So, uh, uh, different groups, some of which may be familiar, some of which may be unfamiliar, have messed with it. And uh, there's a wide swath, to use your word, of opinions about this. So NASA even got involved, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, kind of the beginning of the 1970s, uh, the Ames Research Center, that's in uh, Mountain View, California, by the way, uh, they began to kind of consider the technology required for a true search that would be effective enough you know, to to prove this stuff. So a team of outside experts under the direction of this guy, Bernard Oliver. From uh, Hewlett-Packard, right? That's correct. He, he made this study for NASA, which was known as Project Cyclops. You've probably heard of that before if you're a fan of this show. Um, and the Cyclops report, it basically gave an analysis of SETI science and uh, kind of the tech issues that they were dealing with at the time. It's really the foundation on which... Uh, Pretty much all of the subsequent work from SETI is based upon. Yeah, and it was uh, some pretty good news, too, because during this time, more and more people began to believe, hey, this we might have the science. There's something to it. To actually, yeah, get cooking with gas here, or excuse me, microwave radio. <laughs> and uh, so the Ames Research Center had some SETI programs, uh, and so did JPL in Pasadena, and they started working together to do targeted searches, which is opposite of what the USSR was doing. Mm -hmm. um, but eventually, Congress terminated the funding. So we're wasting money. We're throwing real dollars at imaginary beings, essentially. Or yeah. We can't find them. So people began getting disappointed in SETI. But SETI continues today and uh, will tell you how the search for intelligent life is going, along with allegations of cover-ups, after a word from our sponsor. Hello, friend. Are you feeling pooped up? Well, yeah. Yeah, of course. Do you work too much? Sure, doesn't everybody? No. Oh. So, what if I gave you the opportunity to take a vacation, a long, relaxing vacation? Oh, yeah, I guess, but who can afford a vacation nowadays? I can only go to those boring places like, you know, a day trip an hour away or just kind of sit in my bathroom and put a different picture on the wall and pretend I'm somewhere else. We know how you feel, friend. That's why we're offering you this rare opportunity to travel to space. space, 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 space. To space? Where'd you go? Come back. Oh, yeah, sorry, I dropped my pen. So, friend... With Space Station 1, we can send you as far out into space as you'd like. Whoa. You can even bring your dog. Oh, what? Yes. Did you hear that, boy? <coughs> we love space, but how can we afford to go? I mean, we're just regular people. We're not millionaires or billionaires or astronauts. Well, here's the thing. With Space Station 1... We're offering discounted one-way trips to space for you, up to two loved ones, and two pets. 
Uh, wait, did you say one-way trips? Yes, friend. You'll never have to worry again about your tiresome job or those boring TV shows that get recycled and recycled. There are no ads on Space Station One. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, and you're sure this has nothing to do with my history of political activism? Actually, if you have a history of any kind of political activism, your first Space Station One Space Station is on the house. What? Sign me up! Did you hear that, boy? We're going to space. Sir, did you want to go? Sir? Oh yeah, no yeah, totally. Sign me up. Okay, so, all right. I was cool. just excited. No, it's fine. I, you know, just wanted to make sure because we've got all the paperwork. And... Space Station One is in no way responsible for costs incurred on Earth while you are in space. We bear no responsibility for depressurization, bone loss, muscle mass loss, space madness, synapse, yips, tuberculosis, space cabin fever, exenobiology, astronaut attacks, astronaut on astronaut violence, meteor showers, meteor collisions, space eye, toe jam, gravity lump, boredom, or ennui. By agreeing to the terms of Station One's permanent one-way trip vacation into deep space, you voluntarily and irrevocably relinquish your rights to any terrestrial property, children, inventions, patents, or legal personhood. Space Station One is brought to you by Illumination Global Unlimited. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. 
Okay, and we're back. Now, uh, just so we go back in here, uh, to, to set up a quick laundry list, Matt, I was thinking we could each read off some projects of SETI. Oh, great. There are a ton of these. Okay. I'm going to start with Project Ozma. Oh, that's the very first one, right? Yep. It's the first SETI search. It was conducted by astronomer Frank Drake that we talked about, and that was in 1960. Uh, then there's the Ohio State Big Ear SETI project launched in 73, and that is the one that we mentioned in the video. That's where we got the wow signal, which which is either a natural phenomenon that we have never heard of before or since and still can't explain or somehow is a signal from intelligent life. Either way, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened to the big ear? Oh, it was shut down in 1997. For a golf course. For a golf course, of course. <sighs> okay, so then uh, we've got Project Serendip that you may have heard of as well. That was launched by the University of California at Berkeley, and that was in 1979. Yeah, NASA also had the HRMS, High Resolution Microwave Survey, in 1982, and discontinued in 93 when Congress cut the funding. Now you've got Project Meta. That, this one's really cool. This was the Mega Channel Extraterrestrial Array, and it was launched at Harvard University in 1985, and um, it was meant to search 8.4 million .5 hertz channels, and so then, really low frequency. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the Columbus Optical SETI, Cosetti. Uh, that's an earlier one. It's uh, 1990s, and it uh, is searching for laser signals. Then you got Project Beta, another familiar one, possibly. The Billion Channel Extraterrestrial array, array that was also launched at Harvard University in 1995 and again searching billions of channels. And then there's Project Phoenix, which SETI Institute uh, launched to continue the work of NASA. Project Argus, which launched in 96. And this was uh, SETI League's all sky survey project. So they're looking everywhere. Yep. That's sort of like shaking the entire haystack. And hoping to prick yourself on a needle. Well, maybe that's unfair. Maybe. Uh, Then there's the Southern Serendip, and then there's the one of the most exciting ones for anybody who feels like personally lending a hand to the search for intelligent life. SETI at home. Uh, Now, this this is the... It came out in 1999, I think. I, I think that's around the time that I signed up for it. Um, And it was essentially uh, literally a a program that ran kind of behind the scenes on your computer, and it just crunched data, basically. It was analyzing data. Did you ever do that? Uh, Yeah, I did it for a short time. I even did it here at How Stuff Works Uh on my computer when I would go home. I I remember that. Overnight, it would be running steady at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, So maybe this could be your way or our way to pitch in and find intelligent life. But now, Noel, please, could I get some conspiracy music? Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just 20 
$25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn criminal trials for one of those candidates, young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Perfect. Thank you. The reason we're asking for this music, of course, is because now it's time to talk about whether there could be a cover-up. Because, Matt, you'll remember when we did our video, uh, a lot of you guys were commenting on YouTube uh, about how SETI has a secrecy clause. Yes, it does. Publicly disclose things, right? Can you tell me a little bit about that, Matt? So, yeah, you got to think about, let's just think about the pursuit of science. Science when you're conducting a study, um, you know, and then you have some findings that you really want someone to know about or you want the world to know about for, you know, fame, fortune, and the advancement of science, you you generally make your your work known. You release it. You get it. Uh, you send it to journals to get it peer-reviewed. Right. And um, but... And that's, a, that's on a general wide level. But at the, at the localized level, in the study that's occurring, the one study that a group of scientists is doing somewhere, that's usually kept pretty private. Okay. Because you don't want other scientists to know exactly what it is that you're looking at because, uh, again, you're searching for, I, I use the phrase fame and fortune, but. You don't want to get scooped. Exactly. So that's just between scientists, right? Trying to keep things secretive. Right. But. There's another group that's even more tenuous, has a more tenuous relationship with us, with the individual scientists. Oh, uh, I think I know what you're talking about. Well, yeah. The, uh, journalist, right? The yep. media. Yeah. That, uh, that does make sense because if you read, uh, news, whether on the internet, whether through a newspaper or, you know, on your local television, uh, 
you realize over time that the that the media and journalists have a a tendency to grab something, sensationalize it, and run with it. So if somebody publishes a study that says we found a certain type of amino acid when combined in this certain situation will do, you know, action X, then people will come out, people may well come out with amino acid has intelligence solving puzzles. Exactly. Um, And that's why the, the press releases are so important for places like NASA, uh, CDC, things like that. Or if you actually have a, you know, every once in a while you'll hear that NASA is going to make an announcement or the CDC will make an announcement and they yeah. have a very public, hey, and there's usually a PR person there right. trying to give out the message. Now that works both ways in my mind, Ben. So it's not only is it trying to make clear what the information is, but uh, it's, it's also it's trying to manage it. It's managing it. Exactly. It's spinning it. Yeah. I, I see. That's the thing. Cause you and I talked about this too. Like, we know that, you know, that this guy, uh, wrote a book called The Eerie Silence, Are We Alone in the Universe? Professor Paul Davies. He was the chair of, uh, the SETI Post Detection Science and Technology Task Group for a while. And he said that the group themselves grappled with the need for public disclosure, but they ultimately decided to keep the, to keep it behind closed doors kind of decisions because they were worried that if information leaked out prematurely, they might be in, for lack of a better phrase, a boy who cried wolf situation. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, when yeah. the wow signal came out, there was a huge media just outpouring of, whoa, and spec, like speculation, just saying, what the heck was this thing? Is it aliens? Oh my God, we know now. We now know that we're not alone in the universe because of the wow signal. Right. Yeah. And, uh, which yeah. may be true, but it's <laughs> like, not, but it, but you know, it's not a right. proven thing, right? Right. Yeah. We, um, we look at that a little bit in our video series. Again, if you haven't checked it out, do check it out. Um, cause we learned some really cool stuff in there. Uh, especially there's that one quote that, uh, Jerry Emmons says where he at the very beginning of the video. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't want to ruin it for you, but yeah, check it out. Check it out. Uh, so we also, I, I figured it was best for us to go straight to the source when we were talking about some of the conspiratorial stuff, whether, there has been evidence that has been suppressed. So from SETI's uh, frequently asked questions, they tackle a lot of this stuff. One question is, has SETI uh, found life or evidence of life on other planets? The answer is no. Scientists have found no clear indications of life past or present beyond the Earth. There have been tantalizing suggestions that the Viking mission might have detected evidence of microbial microbial life on Mars, or that there are fossil, fossil microbes in some Mars rocks, but they haven't been verified yet. Now, if you believe that there is an extraterrestrial contact with Earth already, then, of course, it's it's easy to see how SETI could seem like smoke and mirrors, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But uh, I I have to say it's it's kind of difficult to believe that if there were extraterrestrials on the planet it's it's difficult to believe how that could remain a secret um agreed unless now we're at one of my favorite parts of the episode too matt which is where i kind of i ask you and you ask me about this sort of stuff i want to go ahead and jump into this right away 
we talked earlier about the origin of life on Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Still kind of wishy-washy. We're still not sure exactly how it happened. But there's that great theory with that horrible name, which we've already mentioned on our podcast. Panspermia? Yeah. Which would mean that if if it were true, it would mean that we were the alien life form, right? That life, yeah, life was the alien life form. <laughs> right, that uh, to go with our virus analogy, that if you picture Earth as just a single-celled organism, right, with everything that a virus needs to survive, then somehow on a meteor uh, we washed out into Earth and then just started replicating and now we're we're uh teeming over, you know, infesting the host. Organic life. Wow. That's uh that's intense, man. I for me that's a that's a hugely compelling argument for how life came about. I, I know it's it's a little tough because you have to assume that life existed somewhere else yeah, in order I mean, for it to get here. It's kind of kicking the can down the road, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's just <laughs> exactly. So it's not it's not exactly answering our our stuff, but um, it, it all goes back to the idea of life as we know it, based on DNA, based on RNA. Um, what else could be out there? Could there be some other thing that doesn't use? Any of that, you know, um, well, it's, it's a possibility. And that's the great thing about study. We've, we've allowed ourselves to think differently mm-hmm. through this search. And I think, man, Ben, I gotta tell you, I think we're going to find some really soon with, with the new, uh, telescopes mm-hmm. with, I, I think we're going to at least find the trace of life. It's going to be microbial. It's mm-hmm. going to be tiny, uh, microorganisms, but it's going to be there. There's another fascinating idea that I heard, a conspiratorial idea, which was that, uh, for ideological or religious reasons, uh, people in government and in the executive levels of different scientific institutes were cooperating to destroy evidence of alien life, you know, microbial stuff, mm-hmm. uh, so that it wouldn't shake the foundations of world religions. You know, I, I heard it sometimes for Christianity, um, primarily for Christianity. It was very interesting theory. I didn't find too much to back it up. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I read specifically was citing the, um, the methodology of testing soil for life or testing, uh, dirt on Mars or the moon, um, there's a there's a method that the rovers use to heat up the uh, we talked about this right yeah we did uh, life on mars i think yeah they so. they heat up the sample and incinerate it essentially and then analyze the gases mhm so if there was something in there they would it, w- it would show up in the different gases right if it was right, carbon yeah. based but what right. if it's not carbon based then well, who, oh, knows? who knows there are a couple of uh there are a couple of different Different ideas with that. That was an interesting theory to me. And I would, I would love to learn if there were, you know, is, is it possible that some sort of alien craft or alien culture interacted with earth at some point in history? It's possible. It's difficult to see how it could be plausible given the time and distance involved without going into some sort of, um, extra dimensional idea, right? Yeah. Um I want to believe that stuff. You know that. 
Yeah. Everybody listening knows I want to believe. Absolutely. Fox Mulder over here. I hope you do too. That's, uh, that's the, I think that's important. It's the, it's the inspiration and the imagination that oh, keeps yeah. us going. Absolutely. First off, if we didn't want to figure out what's going on, if we didn't want to believe things, then, uh, there would have been no progress as a species. Yeah. Well, why know? would you even look into it? And also, uh, clearly, the the most implausible thing at all in this entire conversation, the most unreasonable, impossible thing is that there would not be other intelligent life somewhere in the universe. Given that there is an infinite size, that's the most ridiculous thing. That is literally the most ridiculous thing to think. Thank you, Dr. Drake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you for the Drake equation. God, it's time for us to go, and we didn't even get to the shadow biosphere, which I think we should talk about in the future. Um, we will. All right. We have to. Uh, but before we get out of here, really quickly, I just want to read this piece of listener mail. This comes from Charles B. He says, hello. I saw the video about aliens in Dulce, New Mexico. Yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry, (laughs) My fault, guys. Blame it on me. It was my fault. Blame it on Um, both of us. He says, I'm from New Mexico, and I'm a lifelong resident. Ever since I was in grade school, Dulce has always been associated with aliens like Roswell, New Mexico is. Uh, And he says, growing up and now in adulthood, the people in New Mexico, they they have an inside joke for Dulce, and that is Dulce is where the government kept all their aliens. Uh, all towns in northern New Mexico, even Dulce, are, are very rural, and the mass ma- majority of these towns have only one high school. That kind of gives you an idea of how small they might be. Uh, he also says that many people in northern in the northern part of New Mexico still speak Spanish and are very close to one another. People and their families don't stay very far away from their homes and communities in northern New Mexico. Um, in a town like Dulce, it's very common to find two or three generations of intermediate and extended families living together and in small communities, so odds are finding people that may have personal insight on this alien matter might not be too difficult. Hmm. In the video, you spoke about the alleged security guard Thomas Costello and how there might be confusion about the spelling of his name, either C-O-S or C-A-S. And what Charles here suggests is that uh, it may actually be Castillo, Mm-hmm. Like a uh, Spanish version sure. of it. Yeah. And he also says later on that it might not be Thomas. It might be Tomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I, I kind of looked into it and found out that it is actually uh, the alleged person is Thomas Edwin Cas- Costello. Ah, uh, OK. Um, so I just wanted to let you know, by the way, thank you, Charles, for writing in. Let us yeah, know. That's, thank you. That's Interesting insight, mm-hmm. um, but we did a little more digging, and we found out that it is Thomas Edwin Costello. And we are going to keep digging. We hope that you enjoyed this episode, and we'd like to hear what we should cover in upcoming episodes. There are a couple ways to find us. We're all over the Internet. Uh, check out Matt and I on Twitter. See us on Facebook, where we post a lot of stuff that we never get to do shows on, mm-hmm. right? I was really excited about that blood thing. I don't know if we'll get yeah. to it. Um, and follow our website, StuffTheyDon'tWantYouToKnow.com. If you want to get past the social media rigmarole and write to us, then we love hearing your stories. We are going to do an episode with that ghost story. Well, you, you persuaded us. We had so many people write in and say, don't 
tell us it's an amazing story and then not cover it. <laughs> it's inevitable now. So that is on the way, we promise. Um, in the meantime, let us know your stories. All of our best ideas and all of our best stories come from our listeners, so we want to hear from you. Our email address is conspiracy at discovery.com. For more on this topic and other unexplained phenomena, visit testtube.com slash conspiracy stuff. You can also get in touch on Twitter at the handle at conspiracy stuff. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.